on, lift those hands all over this building. Come on, lift those hands all over the building. While your hands are lifted, can you open up your mouth and begin to speak well of him? Come on, begin to tell him how much you love him and how much you praise him. This part we can't script. I can't script this part. This is where the worshipers begin to step into the presence of God. This is where those of you that really know him intimately, you begin to tell him how much you appreciate him. I don't know your story, but you ought to find some way to give him glory. Come on, tell him how much you love him. Come on, the praise team has already sung. Announcements have already gone forth. But there's somebody this morning that has a testimony. So while your hands are lifted, just tell him who he is to you. He's been your way maker. He's been your mind regulator. He's been food on your table and clothes on your back. So while your hands are lifted, come on, tell him, Lord, I appreciate your goodness. Thank you for your grace. For your love and kindness is better than life. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being a promotion. Thank you for being a job. Somebody will say, God, I thank you for being a bus pass. Come on. Come on. I may not have all that I want, but I have everything that I need. Father, I thank you. Thank you for being oxygen in my lungs. Thank you for being God, my peace in the middle of the storm. Thank you. If you've never done another thing for me, you've already done enough. So I say thank you. I was taught that nobody earns and nobody deserves anything. So anytime someone does something, you ought to be appreciative. So therefore, we say thank you. Father, with our hands lifted this morning, we thank you. We enter into your gates with thanksgiving. We enter into your courts with praise. We are thankful unto you, and we've come to bless your name. For you are good, Father. Your mercy endureth forever. Your truth endureth to all generations. So, Father, I pray now that you would set, oh God, the atmosphere, God. Throw your glory around in this place. Let the cabal of God sit upon us. Let the glory of God reign in this place. God, I pray that healing will take place, the manifestations of your glory. Let it be revealed. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh upon us. Melt us and mold us. Fill us and use us. Father, I pray, God, that you would use me as an oracle, oh God. Fill me up till I overflow. And God, as you press your lips to my ear, I'll say what you've called me to say. God, I pray, God, that I'll, as I'm ministering today, God, I pray that someone coughs up a tumor. I pray that heart regulations, oh God, be made in order, God. I pray that disease will be defied and denied in the name of Jesus. I pray that somebody that came in here downtrodden and depressed would leave with glory and they'll be able to smile. Thank you, Father, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So move in this place, God, and I promise that I will not take any credit. I will not take any of your glory. I will not hoard any of your praise, but I will continue to bless you. So have your way. Let someone today say, what must they do to be saved? Thank you for the anointing that makes preaching easy. And when it's all said and done, we'll say thank you in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. Come on, give God a praise as you take your seats in the presence of God. Yay! It's so good to be home. I miss you all so much. And when I tell you I miss you, I mean it. Y'all don't understand. The Inglewood kid, amen, in a few days, it's going to drop, amen, the temperature in Kansas City. And I just don't understand, amen, I got to pray real hard when it starts to snow. Amen. And when it gets around 30 degrees and 20 degrees, I said, no, well, Lord, uh, you know, come on, help a brother out. But I thank God. God has been gracious to us. We got to Kansas City in 2011. Can you all believe I've been gone 11 years? I miss you all so much. But can I tell you, there in the Midwest, about 100 and people, 150 people or so were there when we arrived. It's a little over 1,000 people now that's a part of that community and that congregation. 
God has blessed us. There are about three people on staff. There are close to 18 people on staff now. We've recently started a Trinity CDC. So I'm still following in the footsteps of our spiritual father. And I just thank God for West Angeles. I came here as a young boy, amen, and God gave us a gift. And I uh, developed that gift, but God left us out with a ministry. When you come to West Angeles, this is West Angeles University. God blesses you and God grooms you to do so many great things. Don't want to start calling too many names this morning, but I thank God for my mommy and my daddy. They've been members of West Angeles Church for over 48 years, 50 years almost. They've been right here and they are still faithful members. Amen. So if you don't see them, they're online, but they are faithful, avid tithers and they are still connected. Mom and dad, Stan, Deacon, Ben Stevens, Sister Rita Stevens. I love them so much. Thank God for them. Thank God for my big brother in the gospel, Elder Charles Blake II. Come on, help me celebrate him. Lady DeAndra Blake, come on, help me celebrate her. I want to thank God for the fragrance and the rose of this house, and I thank God for you, Lady May Blake. So many of the things that I've learned, I've watched you because you are the quintessential, quintessential epitome of what it is to be excellent and to be gracious. I love you to life, and I thank God for the fragrance that you bring to our house and to our community. Thank God for my other big brother in the gospel. Amen. We've served together, worked together. I love him so much. God has his hand on his life. I thank God for the one and only Elder Lawrence Champion Blake. That's my brother. His lovely wife. Thank God for Sister Janine. I appreciate her so much. I saw Sister Kim back there playing the tambourine. She's somewhere working, but I honor the Lord for her. I was looking the other day. I became a minister in 1997, and her name, uh, she was the secretary for Bishop Blake. Her name is on my minister's license. I've been christened here as a little boy at six months old. I've been accepting my call to preach here at six months, uh, about 14 years old. I became the youth pastor at about 25 years old. Watched Bishop Blake all of my life. I saved him for last because he has been such a blessing to me. I love him. I love him. I love him. I want to say thank you. On the weekend that we're going to be having the celebration, I'm going to my new jurisdiction, so I'll be in Vancouver, Canada that weekend. And so I won't be able to physically be here, but I want to let Bishop Blake know how much I love him. Can you give me about a minute and a half, please? Um, and I don't want to get emotional because I still want to share the word of the Lord today, but when someone has impacted your life in such a way, it's very difficult. Everything that I have become in the ministry, this man of God has done it and has been a part of it. Now, of course, we know that it is God that, that gives you the affirmation, but man gives confirmation. God can only uh, position you, but man has to see the God in you to begin to move you. I thank God, Bishop Blake, that from a young boy, he saw something in me. I'll never forget uh, at 16 years old, I got a chance to preach in the 10 a.m. service. Y'all remember we used to have four morning services, 7, 8, 30, 10, 11, 30. I was about 16 years old, and he let me preach in the 10 o'clock service. I'll never forget, I was so excited, I thought I was going to use the restroom on myself. Magic Johnson walked in, I was like, <gasps> but as a young boy, good to see you, sir. As a young boy, got a chance to share the word. Bishop Blake, you have changed my life.
from a young boy just driving you around in the car. I got a chance to learn and hear so many great things. Thank you for being my Moses. Thank you for being a spiritual father to sow into a young man's life. Thank you that there was a time that I was trying to figure out ministry. And just like Eli did in the temple with young, young Samuel, uh, I, I was trying to figure out some things and there were some things that you coached me through and you told me to hear the voice of God. I want to say thank you. In 2010, I talked to you about wanting to start a ministry and you just said, just hold tight. God has something special for you. I didn't know that I was going to have to go to Kansas City, but Bishop Blake positioned me and proctored me in a way that has literally changed my life. And I want to thank you for being my, 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 my Paul to a young Timothy, that even though it's not a biological son, you loved me and you invested in me and I want you to know how much I appreciate you. I went there as a pastor. I was appointed the National Youth and Young Adult President for the International Church of God in Christ denomination and it changed my life. It made me better. I went there as a pastor, it made me better. I was appointed a superintendent, it made me better. A year and a half ago, Bishop Blake positioned me to become a bishop in the Lord's church. And I'm so honored by him. So I want you to know today, I love you and I thank you. So much more I could say but I just want to say it. But you also taught me how to not only serve, but be present. I'm not going to be here, but can I share a $500 check today with my spiritual father in the gospel? Love you, sir. I'm not going to be here, but I had to, amen. He taught me how to give. Elder Charles Blake, I didn't forget about you. Please take this $100 blessing. I want to make sure that you know how much I love you. Now, can y'all help me praise God for my leaders? I love you. Anybody came hungry for a word from the Lord? Amen. I'm hungry to all of my aunties and to all of my mamas, to all the deacons and the ushers and to Aunt, Aunt Lottie, Aunt Dottie and everybody. Amen. From the ushers to everybody that has always loved me, prayed for me, a music department, the band, everybody. I love you so much. Come ahead. Say your name. Everybody say your name. I love you. I love you. You say he called my name too. My name was called. If you don't mind, will you stand with me for the reading of God's word as we go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. All of these great preachers, evangelists, missionaries, I love you all so much. 1 John chapter 5, and let's look at verse 1. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him, talking about Jesus. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and the commandments are not burdensome, it's not difficult to do so. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome his world. It is our faith in Jesus who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. For the Bible says, this is he who came by water and by blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. I just want to pause here and I, I don't want you to run. Don't you run. Don't you mess up this sermon, okay? Don't run, amen. But if you don't mind, will you help me give my sermon title this morning? And for many of you all, it's your testimony. If you don't mind, look at somebody and tell them, I love Jesus. 
They didn't get excited about it. Look at somebody else and tell them again, I love Jesus. I wish you would point at somebody like you're down in the country. Point at them on the other side of the church and scream it, I love Jesus. Please take your seats. Let me go to work for just a few moments. I, I love Jesus. I, uh, for most Christians and those affiliated with church, if and when asked about their spiritual commitment and their theological position, would instantaneously, unapologetically proclaim that I love Jesus. But I have come to the conclusion that many people are oblivious as to the responsibility that is attached to loving Jesus. I find out that a whole lot of people have conversation, but they don't have relationship. Because I need you to understand that you have to move now from religion to relationship. That when you talk about holiness, holiness is not a look, it's a lifestyle. I need for those of you that are online, go ahead and drop that in the message section for me. Holiness is not a look. It's a lifestyle because I would rather somebody to have on tennis shoes, t-shirt, and jeans that know how to be nice than somebody that's all dressed up, uh, looking like church, but have no understanding as to who God is. Because there's some folk that have the garb, amen, but they're full of garbage. But I want somebody that has an intimate relationship with him come to the conclusion now that there was a responsibility that many people are enamored with the idea or the theory of what it is to love Jesus uh, but the execution of love is often stagnant and absent love is both a noun and a verb for those of you that are literary scholars uh, love is both a noun and a verb most people do well with the love concept as a noun because it demonstrates and it is very uh, clear as to what it is but when we move to the verb positioning of love they begin to struggle because love now must mature into action. How many of you all remember the great movie that there was a young lady amen that was having a conversation with her boyfriend and boyfriend came in after he had been out all night long uh, having times of partying, rioting and doing all of his business. He comes in uh, and he begins to tell the young lady in the movie how much uh, he loved her. Uh, she has a conversation with him and she's very simple. She said love should have brought you home last night. Uh, come on y'all gonna get deep on me this morning. Uh, but how many of you all know that God says when you finish shouting and when you finish dancing and you finish running around the church. Uh, I want to really know do you love me? Because how many of you all know that it's easy to impress people inside the building but do you have a relationship with him on the other side most people now attach love as being a title in the church or a position or attendance but loving Jesus requires spiritual disciplines like you got to really pray and you have to read your Bible and you have to be nice and have a relationship with him because love is an action word somebody say it's an action word our text here says that the love for Christ is proven in your belief or in your faith in who Jesus is. I tell people all the time that you have to understand that Christianity is moving now past a conversation, but it is moving into action. When you are really saved, you don't have to tell people that you are because your life will speak for itself. I get nervous when people start talking about how anointed they are and how special they are and how unique they are because when you have a relationship with God, 
God. You don't have to worry about it. Let me give you a little note here. How you know you anointed, the devil will tell you that you are. Every time Jesus shows up and he gets ready to do great ministry, it is the demons that begin to talk to him, thou son of God, because they knew who he was. When you really have an anointing on your life, you ain't got to worry. The heathens on your job will respect you. The Bible says when you have a relationship with God, even your enemies will be at peace with you. It is here now that we come to the place that we must believe in Jesus Christ. I know there are a lot of people that are saying him and the big man up there. There's no such thing. I like to call his name. Thank you this morning for saying the name of Jesus. For it is at the name of Jesus every knee must bow, every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. For the Bible says that without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Believing in Jesus means now that I have come to the conclusion that there is not a shadow of a doubt in my mind that I love him. Oftentimes when you say you love him this morning, can I pause parenthetically and give you a theological position as to where we stand? So when we say we love Jesus, I want you to be able to know what you're talking about. Well, what do you want to give me, Bishop Stevens? Let me give you number one. I've concluded that Jesus is the Son of God. Is there anybody that believes that he is the Son of God? That we serve one God eternally existed in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. I believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. I believe that he was God in the flesh who knew no sin. I don't want to disrespect anybody, but I have to stand firmly on who Jesus is. He is the Christ, and he is the Son of the living God. I believe that Jesus walked on water. I don't know about you, but I believe that he gave sight to the blind. I believe he fed the 5,000 with two fish and a few loaves of bread. I believe that he died on Calvary. Come on, y'all not gonna help me preach this morning. I believe that when he died, the earth shook and the sun stood still. I believe that the veil was rent in twain and I believe that he was put in a bottle tomb. I believe that he stayed there three days, but early Sunday morning, I believe that he got up with all power in his hand. I believe that they rolled the stone away and they began to ask, where is he who was dead? He's not here for he has risen as they said he would. I believe now that he is sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. I believe that he is Jesus all by himself. There's somebody this morning that would say, well, Bishop Stevens, I've lost some loved ones this year. I've had some setbacks this year. Can I talk to somebody that even in death he's still giving life I believe that he's coming again for the Bible says that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and there's going to be a trumpet of God that the dead in Christ are going to rise first and we that are alive and remain will be caught up to meet him in the air I still believe in Jesus is there anybody that can believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ Oftentimes, people don't hear the gospel message preached. We've gotten caught up in hyperbole and we've gotten caught up in religious jargon, but we still got to go back to Jesus. We still have to go back to the foundation and the rudimentary principles as to who Jesus is. Please let me hurry in our text. John equates faith and love as being synonymous because you cannot love what you do not know and what you do not believe. This is why you have to read your Bible because where there is no Bible, there's 
no conviction. You have to be able to have an interbelief as to who Jesus Christ is. One's love for God cannot be emotional. It has to be intentional. We have to come into a place now that there is an intentionality. This is why Romans 10 and 9 is very clear that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart, this is not talking about what's beating on the inside of your chest. It is talking about your mental and your emotional understanding. That's why if your mind don't get saved, your hands and your feet won't get saved either. There's a whole lot of people that's trying to put on Jesus. It's not the chain around your neck, baby. It's not the Bible up under your arm. It's not the tattoo on your shoulder. You got to have him on the inside because if you get him on the inside, you'll clean up all the garbage on the outside. See, we, be, we have taught people church, but we ain't taught them Jesus. When you get Jesus, you ain't got to tell me to lower my skirt. When you get Jesus, you ain't got to tell me to quit drinking. When you get Jesus, you ain't got to tell me to put the blunt down because it is Jesus that changes my heart. And when he changed my heart, he changed my mind. So I don't think like I used to think. I don't go where I used to go. And guess what? I don't want to go because there's a great change in me. I am so happy. I am so free. Jesus will bring you out of darkness into a marvelous light. Is there anybody here this morning to say, I know Jesus? Y'all sit down. I'm, I'm just talking. See, I'm finding out that many people, they're not really born again. They just come again and again. <laughs> I'm finding out, Bishop, that people know how to sing the hymn, but they don't know him. This is why Psalm 119 and 11 says, your word have I hid in my mind, in my heart, that I will not sin against you. We have to graduate now from Jesus only being savior to him being Lord. Because oftentimes we believe that he's able to save us, but we don't really believe he's able to keep us. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless. For the exceeding wise God, our Savior, to him be glory, dominion and power now and forever. Many people are followers out of Christ, out of tradition. Church attendance does not equate to Christian conversion. I'm finding out that there are many people now who come but they are not being transformed. We have made our relationship with Jesus Christ transactional versus transformational. Hmm, let me unpack that. That means now that I can come to church and I can clap my hands, I can do my dance, I can give my offering and I feel that I've checked that off of the list. Versus saying, as the deer panted after the water brook, so panted my heart for thee, O God. How many of you all know that there's some people that just want to do enough to get to heaven? See, when you're just doing enough to get by, you're just getting as close as you can to the line. But when you really love Jesus, you say, I don't want to be a part of that line. I want to do what I can because I want to please him. I want him to smile. I want him to know that I love him for real. I, I'm not playing with this thing. Uh, it's everything to me. So it is here now that Paul says in Philippians 3 and 10 that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed unto death. For Paul, he is not looking for an emotional experience, but an ex existential experience, which means now that I want to 
come into the presence of God and I ain't got to talk to nobody. I don't care about the title. I don't care about a position. I just want to see Jesus. Is there anybody that came to church this morning and say, I don't care. I had to go with what I had to go with. I had to do what I had to do, but I'm just glad to be in his presence. For in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. That's why when I wake up this morning, the saints would say, I woke up this morning with my mind and it was stayed on Jesus. How in the world could you wake up with your mind on Jesus? The reason why you woke up with your mind on Jesus, because I went to bed with my mind on Jesus. That's why it's Jesus in the morning. It's Jesus in the new day. It's Jesus in the midnight hour. You ain't got to mess with me. I'll praise God in the gas station. I'll praise God in Target. I'll praise God in Walmart. Don't mess with me. I know every time that I came through. When I was at Fuller Seminary, I was staying in a little apartment right there off of Madison Road. I can remember sometimes I was eating Top Ramen. I can remember sometimes I had to struggle to make ends meet. So every time I pick up steak, I realize that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I rolled the 210 up and down Crenshaw Boulevard. We called it the rough, tough, and dirty. I thank God today. I got a Mercedes today, but I ain't never threw away my bus pass because he's brought me a mighty long way. Is there anybody here? Give somebody a high five and say he's brought me a mighty long way. Please, 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 please sit down. Let me hurry. If you're going to love Jesus, the Bible says you have to feed his sheep. If you love Jesus, you ought to tell somebody that you love him. Y'all know how it is when you get that new boo. Y'all ain't going to help me preach this morning. You get that new boo, you ready to bring them to Thanksgiving and ready to bring them to the Christmas dinner. You want everybody to know this is my girl. Brothers, I have any brothers going to help me preach this morning. You know when you get that new boo, you want everybody to know. Even your cousins, and they looking at her funny, like, don't look at my girl like that. Uh-huh. Because you want everybody to know. Girls, you, ladies, you know how it is when you get that new guy in your life, and you sitting at your desk typing, smiling, and your girl like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> For real? It's like that? See, but when that boot thing, you know, you, when it gets connected to you, that's something that all you have to do is think. And when you start thinking, something starts rising up in you because you have set something, your affections on something. I want you to know that when you really have a relationship with God, nobody has to tell you to praise him. Nobody has to tell you to clap your hands. Everywhere you go, I'm talking about Jesus. You always preaching. If you only knew my story, this is because he changed my story. I got to give him glory. Because he brought me out, I got to tell him I love him. So every time I look up, I'm going to give him everything that I have. So Jesus tells Peter that if you really love me, you'll feed my sheep. That means that you do something for somebody else beyond yourself. You're not selfish. You're not self-centered. You're a, a lender. You're always trying to help somebody. Uh, you know, you want someone to be better. People ought to be better every morning that you wake up. People should not be bitter because of you. They should be better 
We are all better because Bishop Blake wakes up this morning. We are better because of his ministry. We are better because of his investment. So everybody ought to be better. But at the same time, every day that you wake up, put your feet on the floor, the devil ought to say, uh-oh, here we go again. I just want to know where the real praisers at. Those of you that know that no matter what comes and no matter what goes, I'm going to bless God at all times and his praises are going to continually be in my mouth. If you love God, you must carry the cross. I'm getting ready to lose some of you, but hold on real tight. Put your seatbelt on. We're going to make a left turn onto the 405. You really have to understand that if you're going to love Jesus, you must carry the cross. It's not the fun days sometimes. It's the days that I have to trust him when I can't trace him. Am I the only one that's ever gotten to a place and you're trying to figure out how in the world did I get here? Is there anybody that's ever looked at bereavement in the face and you had to talk to death and death is disrespectful? And you've lost a loved one and it's brought you to your knees and tears are rolling down your face and you're trying to figure out, how did I get here? Is there anybody that's come to a place between a rock and a hard place and I'm trying to figure out because I fast and I pray and I talk to God, but I didn't expect sickness. I didn't expect to be laid off. I didn't expect foreclosure. I didn't expect this. I didn't ask for this. But I come to a place that now I have to move to. My relationship now is intentional. This is why faith is not a feeling. Faith is not a feeling, my brothers and my sisters. Faith is a fact that I have to stand on and I have to believe it when I don't see it. Somebody write it for me on the message session. You have to believe it when I don't see it. So this is why the Bible says, according to Proverbs 3 and 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to what you think, not what you feel, not what you see, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Well, let me hurry up now here as you move into the text. He says, now, if you're going to love me, you got to love your brother. Do you know that you don't have to like everybody to love them? Sometimes you got to love folk from a distance, like on that side of the street. Like, I love you. <laughs> love you. How many of y'all know sometimes you have to help people out? Help them out. I have to help people. Some of y'all fussing, fighting, cussing, stop. Help people out. I'm going to help you. Amen. I don't want to hurt you. I'm just going to help you out. And sometimes you bless people out of your way. You, I like that eating myself. I like that. Sometimes you just help people and you help them out. Stop fighting because you, you're too big for that. You're too anointed for that. You're too powerful for that. Stop fussing at folks. Let folks do what they do. Bishop tell us all the time, you got to act like everybody in the room is crazy but you. And keep your Jesus. Some of y'all are upset and stuff. Don't you worry about that. If you hold your peace, let God fight your battles. It is here now that if you're going to love God, I got to close. Uh, I need you to understand that many people uh, think that Christianity is debilitating and limiting. But I found out that it is where your liberation is. He's come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It is the love of Christ that compels us. Uh, it is here now that our relationship with Jesus Christ pushes us over to the next level. Is there anybody that's been so blessed that you say I got to do better has anybody ever come to a place you say Lord you keep blessing me and I'm cutting up I'm not doing the things that I should do God says I want to push you to the place that I love you beyond you I love you because greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world so love is obedient love is sacrificial love in God requires work somebody say work 
What am I working through, Dr. Stevens? It is relinquishing what you like so that you can prove what you love. I'll say it again. If you love Jesus, you relinquish what you like so that you can prove what you love. If you love Jesus, then there's some things that you have to give up. There's some things that you have to go without. There's some things now that you continue to move away from. If, if, if God is good, then you have to begin to make his name great because everything connected with God has his glory on it. If you say you love Jesus, then now you are positioning yourself to be blessed. Is there anybody that really loves him? Is there anybody that says, I love him enough that I'll serve him? I love him enough that I don't care what's happening in Russia. I don't care what's going on around the world. I'm going to stay for God I live and for God I'll die. Well, let me get ready to transition here. If it's all right, uh, I just want to tell you that if you love Jesus, uh, loving Jesus has benefits. Uh, tell your neighbor, loving Jesus has benefits. Uh, God says, I'm not going to let you love me and I don't love you back. Uh, somebody would say, well, what's one of the benefits? Uh, I just want to tell you that Romans 8 and 28 says, for we know that all things work together for the good uh, to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Uh, this means now that this verse is not for everybody. Uh, thank you theological students that are here. For those of you that understand it, everybody quotes uh, and we know that all things work together for good. Uh, but I need you to know that this don't fit everybody. Uh, the Bible says that you got to love God. Uh, if you love God, then there's some things that's working for your good. Uh, God says, I'm working some things in and I'm working some things out. Uh, but God told me to tell about 1,000 of you this morning uh, that whatever you're going through, it's getting better. Uh, if you don't mind, lean over on somebody and just holler better uh -huh. they didn't get excited find somebody else on the other side and just say if we love Jesus it's getting better I just need somebody to holler better I just came to tell you now that you gotta get ready there's a blessing that's in the house I don't want to be the cliche preacher because some preachers will tell you that a blessing is on the way some preachers will tell you that it's coming in the next 90 days but God sent me here all the way from Kansas City uh, to tell somebody this morning that the blessing uh, is in the room right now. Uh, is there anybody here uh, that would say I'm ready? I'm ready for God's blessing. Uh, I beg you to reach up and grab it uh, and say I got it. Uh, I'm walking in God's blessings. Uh, God said I'm about to blow your mind. Uh, you're getting ready to walk into amazing blessings. Uh, he said get your expectation ready. Uh, he said open up your buckets. Uh, it's getting ready to rain. He said, tell the people on Crenshaw that I'm getting ready to do something that they've never seen before. I hear 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. It said, I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man, the things that God has for them that love him. He says, if you love me, I'm going to bless you. And I'm not blessing you on accident. I'm blessing you on purpose. Is there anybody here that can stand a blessing? I came this morning. He said, get ready. I said, Lord, what you want? He said, if you praise me, every time you praise me, as the praises go up, the blessings come down. He said, I want to know, are you praising me just because? Are you praising me because I did it? Are you praising me 
because of what I've done. He said, I want to know those that really love me, they don't praise me for what I've done, but they praise me for who I am. I thank God that he brought me out. I thank God that he's made a way. I can hear James 1 and 12. He said, blessed is the man that endure temptation. And when he is approved, he will receive a crown of life. I came to tell you, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready. Grab you a neighbor. Grab your neighbor and say, neighbor, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. I hear Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boost in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us, I said let us, exalt him, let us lift him up. I came to tell you, I love him, I love him, I love him, I love him. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I love him, 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 I love him. I love him on Monday. I love him on Tuesday. I love him on Wednesday. I love him on Thursday. I love him on Friday. But thanks be to God that gives me victory. I got victory in my mind. I got victory in my life. I give him praise because he made a way. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch just like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I dare you to find three people and say, I love Jesus. Come on, tell them like you mean it. Tell them I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. I love him, I love him, I love him. I love him, I love him, I love him. I love him, I love him, I love him. I wish you'd help me preach. Look at your name and say, I love him, I love him, I love him. I love him, I love him, I love him. I love him, I love him, I love him. At six years old, I told him, I love him, I love him, I love him. At 26, I love him, I love him, I love him. At 46, I still love him. Is there anybody here that would holler, I love? I love Jesus. He's my savior. When storms are raging, he's my shelter. Where he leads me, I will follow. I love Jesus. And he loves me. I love the Lord. 
and I won't take it back. Is there anybody that would say, I love the Lord?